Praise the Lord. Wow. Well, we have a smaller sister's training physically than we normally do. But uh, I believe we have over 400 on Zoom. So welcome, Zoomers. And uh, as, uh, as you'll realize, because we have Zoom, everything is done to schedule on time. So we will start always on time and uh, work through. But at the end of uh, this message, uh, there'll be time for fellowship, uh, overflow, a testimony, supporting the word. So what we would like uh, you to do is all of you in this room uh, that are listening, be prepared to speak at the end of my speaking. Amen? Uh, let me say it again. Uh, sisters, uh, be prepared to speak something from the word that uh, has touched you, uh, and I believe it will. Uh, after I've spoken, you all have an opportunity to speak. Amen. amen. How about we all say amen? Okay, those on Zoom. Uh, we will give you also the opportunity to share. And uh, praise the Lord for the function of Zoom. We can spotlight you and you also will be able to uh, share. Amen. Now, you may, uh, you may notice in uh, your outline book and uh, those uh, on Zoom already would have received it electronically uh, before each uh, Message, there are the verses already printed out. Um, so like today's uh, verses are on page one. And then um, we, will, we will look tonight uh, at message one, which is on page two. Uh, this is the service of the sisters. And the service of the sisters plus the loving mothers in the church life. Now, uh, I don't know how you feel, but uh, I haven't heard a message on this before. <laughs> so uh, this is very new to me, this burden, and uh, I'm sure it'll be new to you unless uh, you've done more research on this subject than I have. Um, so we're looking at uh, uh, two points mainly uh, from... Romans chapter 16. Now, for those uh, trainees who are in uh, the training, we've been studying Romans in the New Testament class. And uh, we, we have uh, got to the beginning of chapter 15 of Romans. We haven't got to chapter 16. But you, you could say there are two aspects of Romans. Uh, there's the Christian life. So you have the beginning of sinners being condemned, uh, being justified, coming to faith, being sanctified, having the Lord in them as life, living that out. And then you have the second section on the body life and uh, that we are members of the body and we live in function. And you know the interesting thing that Romans does not talk about or does not use the word church 
until chapter 16. Even though from chapter 12, its emphasis is on the body life, receiving one another, meetings, etc. It doesn't use the term church uh, until chapter 16. And in chapter 16, it uses church and churches five times. Isn't that interesting? And it doesn't use it in a doctrinal sense. It doesn't say, oh, there should be one church in one city. It doesn't, doesn't speak like that. And it actually, the good thing is, it talks about a sister and the church in the first verse. And you read it. Do you want to look at it again on your, on your sheet? It, it gives the verse 1 of chapter 16. It says, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a deaconess of the church, which is in Sancria. So here we have the term church used for the first time in the book of Romans. And it's used in context of a sister serving in the church. So can we conclude, sisters, let me ask you, can we conclude, you come and give me some water, that's a good idea. (laughs) Is it hot? Thank you. That's great. Thank you, Paul. Uh, we, We should conclude from this, sisters in the church should do what? That's the first time you have church and sisters mentioned together in one verse, and it's in the context of serving, serving. And later on, you'll find out in the outline that uh, Brother Lee says 70% of the building up of the church depends on the sisters serving. Hallelujah. So you have Phoebe, who's our sister, is the deaconess of uh, the church, which is in Sincrea. Now, um, in this chapter, that basically is a chapter talking about the practice of the church or how to carry out the church life, the practicality of the church. In, in that, Paul uses a very uh, f- familial, familial uh, expression Our sister. Our sister. And and then later he talks about his mother. Our sister and his mother. These are two expressions that Paul uses in the context of the church life. Um, You don't have reference to our father like this. And you know, the interesting thing is what was Paul's mother's name? Paul's flesh mother's name. What was Paul's flesh mother's name? Nobody knows? No, because it's not recorded in the Bible. (laughs) It's not in the Bible, so... And what was his father's name? We don't know. We don't even know his sister's name in the flesh or his brother's name in the flesh. But we do know 
his sister in the spirit. And we know his mother in the spirit. Isn't that interesting? So uh, we, we all have to realize <clears throat> those of us who are saved, who know the Lord, we have two families. We have two families. So, you know, I have my wife and my daughter here. Uh, both happen to be also my sisters. You know, the, uh, the Chinese brothers always confuse me. Uh, when, when I meet them, uh, they'll say, this is my sister. And I'm not sure if it's his wife or it's his sister because they use this term, my. And I guess, I guess what they mean, they don't say this is a sister. They say this is my sister. I'm like, she belongs to me. This is my sister. Okay. So you have to realize, uh, sisters, that we have two families. We have two families. And whether or not your family is real to you depends on fellowship. Like, say, a, a natural family, um, if, if the siblings don't meet together, don't gather, it's like the family doesn't mean anything. Family only really means something when you fellowship. And uh, what often happens um, is while the parents are alive, the siblings have something that joins them together. When the parents pass away, it's like the family just goes off in their own little orbits. Um, I, I know when, when my father passed away and, and uh, my siblings were together, and then uh, they said, oh, we, this has been so good being together. Let, let's, let's do this every year. You know how many times we did it? None. <laughs> we didn't even do it once. So... Now, how about, how about, that's your fleshly family. How about your spiritual family? The family of God. Does the family of God mean much to you if you don't meet? It's like having your fleshly brother and sister, but you never, never see them. So our, our spiritual family is real to us when we meet, when we fellowship, when we're together. And um, you will find, and uh, I, I know I have this experience, that our spiritual family, the family of God or the church, that relationship is more real than the flesh relationship, the natural family. The family of God, that tie that unity, that union is much stronger and much greater. And uh, I know uh, many years ago when there's a lot of brothers in the freezing works in Fielding and my brother worked there, um, he was kind of offended when, and maybe it's the wrong thing to tell him, when I said, oh, 
these Maori brothers are closer to me than you. Because I met with them a lot. I hardly ever met with him. So what we're looking at tonight is the church life and this function, this wonderful function of serving in the church and being sisters and mothers in the church. Amen? Have you heard a message on this before? No. Praise the Lord. How about you on Zoom? Have you heard a message like this before? Well, keep tuned in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so how about we look at uh, the outline? <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll, we'll work our way uh, through the outline. So Roman, Roman numeral one says, Romans 16 is a chapter fully on the practical church life. The emphasis in this chapter is on the sisters, not the brothers. And there's mention of a mother, but no mention of a father. Yeah. I think sisters are mentioned five times. Four or five times. So A says, nowhere else do we find the phrase, our sister. No other, another book in the Bible. Paul began this chapter by saying, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister. Doesn't that have a intimate sentiment? You know, imagine if he said, I commend, to me, commend you Phoebe the sister, or Phoebe a sister. But our shows there's a union, there's a relationship, there's a feeling there. She's ours, right? And um, her, her function was that she was a deaconess and a patroness of many, meaning that she was a sister who served in the church. If you want to be well-known, you should serve, right? How many, how many sisters are named after her? Right? Right. <coughs> 2,000 years, you know, people have been calling their daughters Phoebe. Praise the Lord. How come we didn't call one of our daughters Phoebe? <laughs> bit late now, but <clears throat> maybe we better, better tell our grandchildren, if you have a granddaughter, our great-granddaughter needs to be called Phoebe. Lovely name. Lovely name. What makes it lovely? She's our sister, and she served. Okay, and then in B, it says, there is another unusual concept in this chapter on the practical church life in verse 13. Greet 
Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother as well as mine. Now, C says, neither the sister nor the mother is one in the flesh. Phoebe wasn't his flesh sister, and Rufus's mother was not his flesh mother. So, <clears throat> but two says, the mother is the mother of Rufus in the flesh. But she was also Paul's mother. Surely she was not Paul's mother in the flesh. How did, how did she get to be Paul's mother? She, she wasn't his mother in the flesh. How did she get to be Paul's mother? What what do mothers do? You're a mother, Pauline, and a grandmother, and a great grandmother. What do what do they do? Care for the children. So that that's a characteristic of a mother. What does a father do? I know our kids say they he smacks them. Uh, well, that was because they're so naughty, of course. <clears throat> So basically, the father provides, but it's like everybody loves their mother. Not everybody loves their father. And the reason is the mother cares. I remember Brother Kerry Robeshaw talking about uh, his, his uh, early, early life, and he said, I was the kind of child that only a mother could love. <laughs> you know, and and, and you, you see you see some uh, mothers with a, a, a handicapped or disabled child, and you know you feel so sympathetic. But you you just sense the mother loves the child regardless. So, how do you become, or let's say, how did Rufus's mother become Paul's mother? Okay, Paul is an apostle, right? Paul traveled and ministered. You know, if you are a traveling apostle, if you are traveling, it's not that it's not that easy to travel. Well, today it's a lot easier than his day, but you know, even today it's not that easy to travel. Um, so. You know, what, what happens when you go home to see your mother? And she cares for you, looks after, feeds you, you know. Oh, do you need anything mended? Do you, how's your washing? I know as a, as a young man, when I, I left my home in Masterton and went to work Wellington, you know, I thought as a, just a stupid young guy, I'm oh, so glad to get out of this tin pot town and get to the big smoke. But then, I, then when I got there, I realized I hardly had any money. I had lousy food where I was staying, uh, didn't have a washing machine. I was happy to go home, get some decent food, mum do my washing. <laughs> right? It's quite funny. I couldn't wait to leave home. Then I couldn't wait to get back, you know, because your mother does so much for you. 
your mother does so much. You know, one time I was in Korea and um, I'd been traveling maybe a week or 10 days. And uh, in this, this town, this sister came up to me and, and she said, do you have any laundry? Can I do some laundry for you? I said, sure. Yeah. I had a bag of it. <laughs> and um, so she took my laundry and next day, I couldn't believe it came back all wrapped, separately wrapped in plastic, like the shirts, like you get from a laundromat or something like that, you know, or, um, you know, you know what? <clears throat> I've never forgotten that sister. Never. And uh, her daughter ended up coming to the training and the mum ended up coming and living here for a number of years. They've gone back to Korea. I can never forget it. I was so impressed how the laundry was returned to me, not just the fact she did it. It's like, you know, you can do somebody's laundry. Here it is. It's just out of the dryer in a, in a bag, you know. It didn't come like that. It was ironed. It was folded. It was, it was so nice. So Paul obviously, obviously had some kind of experience like that. Now, sisters, be encouraged. Brothers can't do that. Well, maybe they care, but they're not likely to do that. <laughs> they don't think like that. Right. Brothers will think, can we have some prayer and study the word together? You know, let's, let's do something spiritual. But the mother, the mother takes care of the need. Amen? So by looking at this, you can see the relationship is not natural. It's not natural. It's because the sister is in the Lord, because the mother is in the Lord. So uh, Paul could refer to them in that way. It obviously is not physical. Now, you might ask, how does that happen? Well, this next section, it shows that. Uh, Roman numeral 2 says, according to the record in John 19, near the end of his crucifixion, the Lord Jesus looked at his mother in the flesh. And in a sense, it was as if he said to her, Mother, don't behold me, but behold your son. And at the same time, he said to his cousin John, Behold your mother. These are two of the famous statements uh, of the Lord on the cross. You know, to his mother... He said, behold your son, not him, but his cousin, John. And then to John, behold your mother, not his flesh mother, but his auntie. But showing through the Lord's cross and the experience of the cross, terminating the natural life, imparting the divine life, there's a change of relationship. There's a change of life. So we move from just being natural human relationship <clears throat> to a divine relationship, a relationship of life. So A says, uh, this account is not merely a story, but there is a reason that is recorded only in the Gospel of John and not in the other three Gospels. 
The Gospel of John is a book on life, not on the natural life, but on the transferred and transformed life. The word of the Lord Jesus to John and to his mother was a word to show us that his life-imparting, life-releasing death transfers people's lives. So his life-imparting and life-releasing death actually transfers our life. It gives us another life and puts us into a new life relationship. So, and this is to, <clears throat> to fulfill his purpose, John gives us a record to show how the life of the believers of Christ could be transferred by the cross of Jesus and by his resurrection. If you look at the cross of Jesus, you will be transferred. Okay, so you just look at this. If you look at people naturally, you will just consider the natural, <clears throat> the natural relationship. But if you look at the cross, if between Andrew, who is my nephew by marriage, if I look naturally, he's my nephew by marriage. But if I look at the cross, he's a brother in Christ. It's a different relationship. It's a life relationship. And this is, this is how we can have a different family relationship. Because the Lord on the cross died, terminated our natural life, the old man, our sin, and imparted his life, released his life to give us a new life relationship. And that's the relationship in the church life. Amen? Sisters, are you following me? Have you got it? Amen? Amen. Uh, this is, to me, to me, this is a wonderful point. So D says, according to the life in the flesh, John was Mary's nephew. And Mary was John's aunt. But by looking at the cross, they received another life. In his second life, the nephew became a real son. And the aunt became a real mother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So three says, Roman number three says, to have the practical church life to the uttermost in the local church, there should be some real sisters and some real mothers. Be impressed with real. Let me ask you, sisters. Are you real sisters? Thank you. Let me ask it again. Are you real sisters? Amen. Uh, Zoom sisters, are you real sisters? <laughs> what does it mean when you say you're a real sister? That means I'm not living a natural relationship. I'm not in the church life naturally, living my natural life. I'm here with a new life imparted to me. I'm a real sister. 
Praise the Lord for the real sisters. Amen. How about the real mothers? Do you have any mothers here? Do you have any real mothers? What do real mothers have? Real mothers have real children. <laughs> right? If they're real mothers, they must have real children. So you, you could be a mother with children, but you may not be a real mother because you're living your natural life. You're relating to others by your natural life. You're not relating in the divine life. You know, mothers that are not real mothers, <laughs> the unreal mothers, <laughs> or the natural mothers, they know their children are the best. And the problem their children have is because of other children. It's not because of them. Right? Any, any natural mother say amen to that? You know, you don't, you don't attribute bad behavior to your own kids. It's because of their company. It's because of their friends. You know, I know that happened in our family. wasn't our kids it was their kids you know so so if if we're in the church life if we're in the church life in our natural life as mothers we're not really helping the church you know we just got this natural thought where you know we protect our kids and judge their kids um, you know, uh, Pauline, my wife, her mother was known as Mum Garrett by maybe hundreds in New Zealand. And I think, I think maybe the real Garrett kids sometimes resented <laughs> others calling their mum mum. She's not your mum, she's my mum. You know. But but Mum Garrett, Mum Garrett was a great picture. You know, if Paul was writing Romans, he would have put Mum Garrett. For sure, for sure. Because her home was open, her heart was open, and she mothered, she mothered. Uh, and if you didn't know her, I feel sorry for you. You really missed out on something. But uh, everybody in the Lord's recovery in New Zealand while she was alive knew her. And probably everybody been in her home and been fed by her and cared for her and loved by her. Now that's a real mother. That's a real mother. Amen. Okay, so <clears throat> we want to have real mothers and real sisters in the church. I hope, I hope this really stays with you. Be a real sister. Be a real mother. So A says, as long as there is a shortage of sisters like Phoebe among us, the church life is not practical. Yet the serving of that sister at the beginning of Romans 16, uh, in the, sorry, 
was not practical. Yet the serving of that of that sister is at the beginning of Romans 16 in the first verse. When the church life in practicality reaches a point, in every church there should be some real mothers. So there should be the serving of the sisters. And you know, um, we have we have two sisters. They are not in this meeting. And the reason they're not in this meeting is they're serving. I said, are you coming to the meeting? And they said, no, no, there's too much to do. There's people contacting us, you know, Zoom problems and stuff like that. Um, you know, my feeling toward them uh, is full of respect and admiration at their serving. And they're not serving naturally. They're serving because they love the Lord. They're serving by the divine life. You know, if every sister in the church had the feeling to serve rather than be served, what a church life we would have. What a church life. You know, I, I know, I, I know, you know, when things happen, people sometimes make statements like, well, what about me? Well, what about me? Yeah, what about you? It's not all about you. You, you ever seen that T-shirt? It's all about me. I was in America one time staying in hospitality and this this person came in with a t-shirt it's all about me and it was my after after being there well, i realized it was all about her but listen it's not all about me it's all about the lord it's all about his purpose so you know we should be in the church life with the sense it's not all about me but we are here as a serving one amen so then we can have the practical church life with the serving and with the mothers. Okay, so one says, there are, good, <clears throat> there are a number of good basic principles that have been missed among the believers for generations. If this were the practice for each one of the new believers to have someone care for them in a particular way as their real spiritual parents, so many of the new ones could be helped in their spiritual life and in the church life. I was thinking about my own case. I got saved in a football stadium. I didn't know any Christians. Um, I was taken to the meeting. I went to the meeting to help my mother go. She wanted to go. Probably the best thing I ever did for my mother. Um, and for her son, uh, take her to that meeting. Uh, but, you know, for a year, I didn't know what to do. And finally, I met somebody, I got involved, and then two, or actually three brothers kind of looked after me. Three brothers. And... Without those three brothers looking after me, I could never have gone on with the Lord. I could never, because I had no 
Christian background. I had no Bible understanding. I had no association with any kind of Christian group. I was just a sinner that got saved in a stadium and knew I got saved. That's all. But then these three brothers, they started to shepherd me, care for me, be like a companion. You know, don't expect anybody to go on with the Lord and to grow without somebody caring for them. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's not natural. It's just like you don't have a baby and expect it to just look after itself. You know, if you take notice of a baby, you wonder how any of them survive. They're absolutely useless and helpless. They need everything, right? And so unless a mother loves that child and cares for that child, it's not going to survive. So it's the same. It's the same. You know, we have to have the feeling for a new one, we must care for them. We must care for them like like a mother uh, would, would, would care for them. Amen. So in uh, point two, it says, in his training in 1948, Brother Need told the saints, especially the sisters, that they should be a mother to another young saint. Many sisters could each take care of two or three children in the spirit. Amen. Okay. Let me ask you, sisters, do you have anybody you're caring for? You know, to be called a mother, you have to have a baby you're caring for, somebody you're caring for. You know, I I hate to say this, but I've observed some spiritual sisters with nobody they're caring for, just caring for their own spirituality or their own growth. But in a sense, that's of no value to the church. That's of no value to the church. The best way for you to help yourself is to have a baby. Your brother Lee joked, he, he said, how can you train a young sister to be disciplined, to get up early, to do things? It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't train them. But a baby can. <laughs> you, give that, you give that sister who spends all the time doing her hair and painting her face and sleeping in and shopping, give her a baby. In one day, she'll change. <laughs> one day, she have to get up, have to feed it, have to, you know. It's amazing. It's amazing. She looks like a model one day. Next day, you wonder what on earth happened to her, you know. <laughs> Hadn't had time to do her hair or still got a, still got a dressing gown on, you know. Oh, that's a baby can do that. All of us, all of us need to have a baby. Don't don't just want spiritual companions. Want a baby. Have a new one. Amen. I don't mean you shouldn't pursue spirituality. 
Now, that's not enough. That's not enough. So C says, the best way is to have a life transfer by looking at the cross. You need to bring a young one to the cross to look at the crucified Jesus. Jesus will say to the young one, look at your mother. This is your mother. And he will say, look at your son. This is your son. This is your daughter. So how do you bring somebody to the cross? I was considering, I was considering this. You know, we work with young people so on the campus, the campus workers. You can't just bring them to a book. You can't just re- bring them to read a ministry. You have to bring them to face the Lord. And when they have a sense of the Lord, they have said, oh, this person's really feeding me. It's my mother. And then the mother has to say, oh, this is my child. I have to look after it. It's not just a performance we do. We bring people into a life relationship and bring them into the sense. So D says, all the sisters of all ages need to be a mother to someone else. So you don't have to wait till you're in your mid-twenties to be a mother. It says, of all ages, pick up someone young, some younger ones as your children in the spirit. This will cause you to grow. So can you imagine our church life? If every sister in the church has a younger one they're caring for. Imagine the church life. And in a sense, in a sense, you should all be able to name who are you caring for? What younger one are you caring for? Now, you have to be careful, and there's a, there's a warning. And, and it says, however, to take care of someone in this way is a big test. If your natural life has not been crossed out, has never had a transfer, this principle will become a snare, and you will fall into a natural love and be trapped by fleshly emotion. And I, I just made a note you have to mother, not smother. <laughs> you know, some, I know, I know some who in good intention have been shepherding, but they've smothered, they've controlled. The, the person under their care feels, you know, maybe they're in prison rather than in a family, you know, being controlled, being dominated. And, uh, I've, I've heard testimonies of, of some sisters, young sisters, about older ones who supposedly are mothering them. You have to get my permission. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be involved with that person. He's not the right one for you to marry. Now, that's, that's a person in the natural relationship, not a person in the, in the spirit. So we have to, we have to mother but we have to be in the resurrection life. We have to be in the divine life. So such a practice will only work by a life transfer through the cross. Amen. So Jesus, all the sisters need to be encouraged to take care of some children in the spirit. There's not a matter that can be assigned to the sisters, 
but there is a need for you to pick up the burden. You know, in uh, in uh, the church in Hamilton, we have a lot of intermediates. We have a lot of children, have a lot of intermediates, and a lot of high school. And you know, the interesting thing is that a lot of high schoolers, teenagers, they won't listen to their mother. But they'll listen to somebody else's mother. They won't listen to their father, but they'll listen to somebody else's father. So you, we shouldn't just think because, oh, this is this family of kids here, they're all okay. No, they probably need a mother in life, a mother that's had a transfer and is relating to them in resurrection life. I don't mean being spiritual, but having a different kind of relationship, a different attitude toward them. When I was looking at this, I thought, my, how wonderful it would be if every one of our young person, children, intermediate, high school, could relate to another in the church, a little older than them, they could be open to them, they could talk to them, they could feel they're loved by them, be cared for them. Don't you think that would be a very pleasant, healthy, safe environment? And the church would grow. Amen. Okay, so let's go on to four. It says, no matter how young you are, one or two children in the spirit will be your protection and your support in many ways. You know, if you're a mother and you just get fed up and you want to leave, your children will leave with you. Your little child will hold on to your dress and walk out the door with you. <laughs> you, you. You can't get away. Nothing, nothing like children to protect you. So it says, without some children in the spirit, it would be so easy for sisters to fall away. Right? Now, this is both physical, of course, and and. In, in the Lord. Two children would be a protection, a guard, and a limitation to a mother. But they would also keep her from being defeated. You get up to a morning revival with them, you read the Bible with them, you have them over, you care for them, you shepherd them, a protection. There is a need for all the sisters to be sisters in reality. Phoebe, our sister, in Romans 16.1, was a real sister. But to be such a sister in the church life is still not enough. In the church, we need to have mothers. Amen. Even the servants of the Lord need to have mothers, as the Apostle Paul needed a mother. The mother of Rufus was his mother. Without a sister as a mother to take care of them, all those who bear the burden in the Lord's service would be sorrowful. Amen. If you really love the Lord, you need to look at the church family with a number of teenagers who need spiritual mothers to care for them. You each need to pick up the burden to care for at least one as your child in the spirit. Amen. May the Lord grace us, all 400 watching on Zoom. Please pick up a burden to care for at least one child 
in your spirit. All of us have had the second birth and we have the second family. In the second family, we all need to have the second family relationship. Isn't that nice? We have a second birth. We have a second family. We have a second family relationship. So we relate to one another as brothers and sisters uh, in the church life. A family is in the relationship. If the relationship of a family is gone, there is no longer a real family. Is that true? It's true. It's in the, it's in the relationship. If you never contact your siblings, do you have a family? Well, maybe on paper, but not in reality. Right? Same in the church life. And that's why, you know, this is so real. That's why when you meet a person and you discover they're a believer, you're so happy. It's like, man, I've discovered this relative. I never knew I had. Right? So it's real. B says, without the family relationship, we cannot feel encouraged about the situation in the church life. Without the reality of these matters, we cannot have the practicality of the church life. So if we want to have the church life in practicality, we need two things. What are they? Sisters and mothers. We need these two things. That makes the church life practical. The sisters need to be, need to be trained as serving ones. And they need to learn to be the mothers. Until there are real mothers in the church life, the church life is not practical. You know, we, we took Bibles to China in the early 80s. And um, the brothers in Hong Kong said to us, we want you to go to Taiwan for, for a few days. We want you to experience the love of the older saints. So at, at that time, we were just in our early 40s, and we were about the oldest in the church life. There were a few other states, but most were younger than us. And uh, when we went to Taiwan, um, they gave us hospitality in Hall 1 in Taipei. And uh, there were some older sisters that showed us our room, and they're so excited to see us, and taking us in a room and showing us everything in the room. And then, then they left and we shut the door and we put our stuff down. And then we, well, well, let's go out. Let's go out now and let's see. And we opened the door. There they are standing there, <laughs> standing in the hallway, waiting for us. Whoa. Hey, do, you, do you want anything? What do you need? It's very sweet, very sweet. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You go somewhere and have an experience like that, you'll never forget it. But maybe when you went there, you went for a conference, but you can't remember what the conference was about. But you can remember the person that shepherded you, that cared for you. Is that true? Can you remember? 
when you went somewhere for a conference and had hospitality, can you remember who you stayed with? Put your hand up if you can remember. Okay, Christine, I'll see your hand. What was the conference on? Can you remember? Huh? Where, where, where did you go to the conference? Auckland. Okay. And what was the conference on? Can you remember? Not really, yeah? Okay. That's my point. Thank you for strengthening. <laughs> That's, yeah. You know, I've, I've traveled so much. I've stayed in so many homes. Um, it's hard to forget who was your mother. Right? Who were your real family that you stayed with? But you, you'll forget teachings, but you won't forget that. So you can see for our church life, that is needed. And even, even say you care for a child and the child becomes naughty, the child will never forget you. And when it's being naughty, it's probably feeling bad about you because you prayed for them and you cared for them. So are you smiling because that happened to you? Huh? <laughs> Amen. Okay, okay, praise the Lord. So D says, the matter of being a mother will bring in many lessons and it will put you on a real test in every way. You will see how you love yourself more than others and how you care only for yourself. Okay, six says, 70% of the practical building depends on the sisters. The practical building depends on the sisters. We all must pray that the Lord will have mercy upon the church, that all the sisters will be Phoebes and will be mothers. Amen. Without such a coordination with the sisters in this way, no matter how much the brothers labor in the church life, there will be very little result as far as the building goes. You know, we talk a lot about coordination, but look at the coordination that's mentioned here. Here the brothers are serving in a certain way. The sisters are being mothers and sisters shepherding in another way, and brotherly calls out of coordination. They're coordinating. It's not that they're sitting in the room discussing the same thing. But they're working together. They're coordinating uh, for the building up of the church. So 70% of the church's building up depends on you sisters. So don't blame us brothers. You're at least two-thirds to blame, right? Two-thirds of responsibility is on you sisters to be real sisters and to be real mothers. Amen. So B says, if you sisters would be serving as Phoebes and loving as mothers, the church would be 70% built up right away. Through this, there will be a strong connection 
in the spiritual building and a prevailing revival will spontaneously be brought in. Satan will be defeated. It will be fully proved how much depends on the sisters. You know, we, we talk about the new revival. Well, here, here is an aspect of it. You know, rising up of the sisters in their new family relationship, serving and being mothers in the church life. So, you know, we, we also had the verses uh, in our reading talk, talk where Paul talked about Timothy and Titus being genuine children. To our understanding, Paul was not married. He didn't have any physical children. But he called Timothy a genuine child in the faith and called Titus a genuine child. So when, when you shepherd uh, and care for a one, they become real children. You can have real sons and real daughters in the church life. Amen? How about how? Well, this is so good. This is so good. You know, uh, we, we mentioned that we would like to have some overflow, some speaking from you, and then we can also have an opportunity for you on Zoom uh, to be able to share. But how about we just pray uh, two by two first, and then we can have some sharing.